Welcome to Power Through, a podcast for marginalized women to come together to learn, listen, and explore our experience at our particular intersection of womanness and everything else we are seen as in society. Power Through Business. Today, I'm in conversation with Cindy Montoto of Your Little Dove. Cindy is a mother to Leo and lives in Idaho with her husband, Austin. She is of Afro-Cuban descent and opened her shop, Your Little Dove, after some tragedy in her life, which she shares about within this episode. This episode focuses on operating business during a global pandemic and our current revolution. We discuss everything from June's Blackout Tuesday, the Black Lives Matter movement, and COVID's effect on business. Cindy offers some advice to our listeners who may want to start their own business as well. We meander through the conversation like the old friends that we are. This is two mothers of color walking through the past three months together. You can find Cindy's contact details in the show's notes. Thanks for joining us again on Power Through. Today we're talking with Cindy. Um, Me and Cindy have been friends for, gosh, four or five years now? Years, years, yeah, years. A long time. Crazy. Right? So, Cindy, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, I just want to know, who are you? What do you do? Where'd you come from? Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Um, So, my name is Cindy Monchoto. I am a Cuban-American first generation in my family, first person in my whole family to be born in this country. Um, And I am... My parents are Cuban exiles, refugees, um, so I was raised with um, that refugee mentality, um, but also had this very, like, interesting dichotomy of, like, growing up as an American, white-passing, having my name, like, my parents very much, like, whitewashed my name I feel like so my full name is Cynthia but I never went by that um and Cindy is kind of like this like 1950s like name that my mom says she always loved but anyway so I um I'm the owner and founder of Your Little Dove and we are a childhood heirloom concept boutique um we are online and opening our showroom. So exciting. So exciting. So we're just nestled in um, the Warm Springs Historic District in downtown Boise, Idaho. And um, we've been around for about two years. Um, We established in 2018 and officially opened in early 2019. Um, And it has just been the wildest ride, like starting my own business and really growing something from something so tragic in my life, which was um, trigger warning, miscarriage. Um, I lost a pregnancy. Um, I've lost two actually, but um, the pregnancy that really started Your Little Dove for me um we lost in august of 2018 and 
that loss rocked my world upside down, sideways. The worst thing I think I've ever experienced in my life outside of losing my godfather. Um, and so I, um, we had decided when I was still pregnant that if um, we were able to bring this baby to term, I have issues with incompetent cervix during pregnancy. So if we were able to bring this baby to term that we would name her Paloma, which means doves in Spanish. Um, and after that loss, um, I started seeing doves everywhere. Um, like in my day-to-day -day life, I would see them flying overhead. They would fly in front of me. Um, I would see them on clothing or blankets or uh, while at work like they would just be everywhere and every time I would come across one I just felt this feeling of like overwhelming peace like all of the pain I was feeling the sadness and sorrow and heartbreak I was feeling just disappeared and so I would like yearn for those interactions um and I decided um that I wanted to share that feeling, like encapsulate that pure, blissful, sacred peace and share that with the world. And Your Little Dove came to be. Um, and so through our products, I hope that that feeling is transmitted to my customers. Um, I work really, really hard to make the entire experience of your little doves, that kind of special, sacred, peaceful experience from everything to the products we carry, the makers we work with, interactions that I have with my customers, packaging, the little details um, are all incredibly important in kind of, again, like transmitting that feeling. So we have seen an 1,800% increase in sales since we opened. Um, our customer base is all over the world. We've shipped products to Tanzania. I've shipped products to, oh gosh, Australia, New Zealand, Uruguay, um, the UK, France, Italy, Spain, Canada, Mexico. I mean, it's just unbelievable how far this bird has flown. Like, it is just wild to me, um, beyond belief. So in that, I've started doing some consulting work as well, um, consulting women, um, primarily women of color, on how to start their own business um, and create a sustainable, successful empire underneath them. So that has been such a fun side project and honor. Um, and yeah, I, I'm ready for your questions. Okay. <laughs> um, so your, how has your growth been during, in this pandemic? Like, have you seen it decrease? Have you, is it increasing? What are you doing to keep your customers? It's really interesting. So, um, when we first really got put under quarantine, Idaho was a little bit late to the party. 
And so, so, and so um, is the rest of the United States, but okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even amongst the United States, like Idaho was late to the game. We um, went down kicking and screaming a little bit. And so I started seeing an increase in sales in like late March, about 30 to 40% more than what we typically see. Um, and so my first initial thought was, well, you know, parents are planning to be home with their kids. They need ways um, that are screenless um, and batteryless to entertain them. And so that's probably why we're seeing this influx in sales. I thought it was going to drop off and we were going to be screwed. Honestly, I was really concerned. And so um, then April, they just kept going. So we saw about a 300% increase in sales in April. And then May was the best month I have ever done. Um, I did double what I did at Christmas last year, like during quarter four, which is typically where you see about three times higher than your average month of sales. Um, so I doubled that, which is just unfathomable um, because I am a one mom show. I don't have any employees. I don't have anyone packing orders with me. Like it is just me. And so that was just so overwhelming in, in such a great way, but also like physically overwhelming. And then in June, um, you know, we had the Black Lives Matter movement really take off. Um, and we started seeing a decrease in sales. And you know the Shannon, because you're one of my best friends and we talk about it. Um, but I was panicking a bit um, because we initially, um, sales were down about 80% from our average sales numbers. So that's- and that was during the first week of June? The first week of June, yeah. Yeah. So um, at the end of, well, on Memorial Day, um, mm -hmm. a man named George Floyd was murdered by the police um, in Minneapolis. And that isn't unusual. Like the police have killed black yeah. people for a long time. Um, but for some reason, this, particular time it started off a series of protests that went around the country and eventually around the world and began a revolution of sorts um, everyone I've spoken to um, about all of my black friends everyone has said it feels different this time um, because this happens every few years, like, um, it's really interesting that, like, scrolling in memories on, like, Facebook, because at this time, five years ago, there was a similar thing going on, but this time it just feels different, and everyone has said that, and we don't really know how to explain it, but it feels different. The energy, the energy feels so much more powerful. Yeah. And, um, it's... I don't know. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And in the last podcast, you heard me say to Tiana that it just feels different. Like the ancestors have shown us the way. Yeah. And press reset on 2020. 
you know? So that has come with a lot of performative actions um, by brands and small shops and influencers on social media um, who, who I'm glad that they've woken up, but also to what extent? Because we're now three weeks, almost four weeks, four weeks past yeah. um, the, that very first week in June where there was like a blackout Tuesday where everyone decided that they were gonna put black squares on like social media. Um, on Instagram. And that's an interesting situation that I'm going to talk to Cindy about too, because it seemed really a lot like a performance. Totally. And I, I personally question the motive behind that entire thing, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, But the Blackout Tuesday thing. um, So after that, everyone kind of muted themselves for a week and it was during this time that um it wasn't just cindy but other um small shops were kind of reaching out and going like my sales are down and like do you think that it's gonna rebound um and interestingly like during the blackout tuesday cindy was like messaging me going i'm like worried i'm so worried like should i should i or shouldn't i participate in this and you know, I said to her, honestly, like, not to. So when it's like a selfish thing for me, because like, I was scrolling on Instagram. And just like the, I use dark mode on Instagram. So everything is black anyway. And then so the black squares, just like scrolling forever, it just looks like you're shouting into a void. Yeah, that's so eerie. Yeah. Like it just, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine what that looked like, but actually having personal and ancestral, like, heritage experience with being suppressed, with being discriminated against, with being enslaved, and then literally going through your social media after you've been screaming from the rooftops for hundreds of years that this is a problem and that this is happening and someone needs to do something about it. And having no one listen, having your people murdered and killed and discriminated against and and jailed. And then going through your social media that you do every day and seeing nothing but black squares. Like, I can't, it, it just enrages me to think about what that must have felt like for someone whose skin is overtly like black. Right. I have, I have Afro-Cuban roots. My skin is not black and it still enrages me. And so I, I can't even, I can't even begin to fathom because it just makes my blood boil. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, you know, we were having these conversations on that day and Cindy was, Cindy was asking, she wasn't the only one, but it was, you know, I'm talking to her. So <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> about whether, whether to, participate in this like is it gonna look bad if I don't do it and I was just like you know she's you're a woman of color and even though you're white passing that doesn't change that you're Afro-Cuban whether you don't want to be or not is a different thing you know but the fact that you are part of this joy 
right? So like, that's the thing that kind of um, makes me ragey about the whole thing is that a lot of white passing people of color felt that they had to be silent or that they couldn't promote their shops, but their shops are the things that bring us joy, right? And like, how fair is it to say, no, you can't do that during this week where you're, where, you know, white people are being muted. Like, it was just, it, it was a performance. Like at the end of the day, for most of these people, it was a performance. Everyone said, I'm listening and learning, but they haven't been listening and learning for 400 years. So what's different now, you know? And um, I've referenced in the past couple of uh, podcasts that I've unfollowed people on Instagram because I watched them do this muting for a week and this blackout Tuesday square. And then here we are three weeks after that week ended and they're not doing anything for the black community. And so it was just a performance and I just don't have time for that. I don't have time for people who are, um, who aren't really there to learn. Like there are a lot of people who did it and were like, what do I do now? You know, which is a different thing than just like being quiet, you know? Totally. And that was a situation where I'm just like, you are part of this community. And so why would you, why do you have to, you know, participate in this performance when you're part of us, when you're one of us? You know, and then you had someone on Instagram go, uh, I hope you're going to mute yourself. I did. Yeah, I had um, I had a Instagram promotion ad for the business that I was running. I think I was on like day 17 or something. And I don't know if anyone has ever run an Instagram ad, but you're not informed like that it's constantly running like you're not reminded that it's constantly running so you can set it for however many days you want I think up to 31 days or something Um, and that's what I had done I forgot that it was even going (laughs) and I had someone comment on it um asking me if I would pause my advertisement because out of respect for Black Lives Matter. Um, And my eyes went red when I read that. Um, And I texted you, Shannon, immediately (laughs) and just was infuriated. And I felt like out of respect for Black Lives Matter, I should pause my business advertisement when I am a female woman of color of Afro-Cuban heritage. My dad is Afro-Cuban 100%. And this white woman is coming to my business telling me or asking me out of respect to pause my advertising I was just like, really? (laughs) And so you helped me form such an eloquent statement to respond to that. And she was responsive and had apologized, but it was a problem. Um, And I think this is a big problem. I think this is the the thing, right? It's like, like, I love allies. Like we can't get anywhere without them, you know, but 
at the same time, there's a, there's a moment of policing that happens by white women, especially, and especially on social media, um, where they lack boundaries Mm -hmm. and good allies are good allies, right? But don't go to people's business pages and go, unless they're like a giant business like Nike or L'Oreal Paris who deserve it, right? Totally. Um, But if you don't know the shop owner, you don't have a customer um, relationship with a shop owner, it's not really, it's not really for you to say. And I think there's just some, there's just so much ignorance in, in that. Um, Had she looked at the information about my shop like had she even looked this up and read her story she would know that I'm a woman of color because as a white passing woman of color it is my responsibility to speak out about my community that is marginalized and I'm proud of it and so it's part of who I am it's part of how I was raised it's ingrained in how I see the world and so had she simply gone to the my business website, read our story, she would know. Um, but I'm assuming she didn't. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's frustrating um, and insulting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it becomes a, a situation of just like, what what were you white lady mm-hmm. trying to accomplish like we're because I didn't feel amplified by that right if, it, if the whole the whole um week and that day was about amplifying black voices don't get me started on it melanated what is that what word is that anyway I, but, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I know but if, if you were if you're there to amplify my voice what are you actually doing to amplify my voice if you're going to shops and just saying can you pause your advertising that isn't amplifying me right so like amplifying me is going to my instagram page and sharing stuff to your stories or reposting things onto your feed or following people other black women like azure barber and rachel cargill and you know there's so many people that you can be learning from totally and also paying them for the education, right? Because reparations. Always. You know, but it's like, that is amplification. Going to a small business and saying, can you pause your advertisements is an amplification, right? It's just like, it's kind of ironic, I feel, that these people were saying, I want to amplify Black voices. And then they're just going to small shops saying, I know this is probably your only source of income, (laughs) you know, but can you just like stop promoting yourself right now? It's so frustrating. It's, it just is so, the whole thought process just really is lacking. Like I, it's right. Like always impact for over intent and like her intention maybe was to like to clear the feed. So my, so that her black square can get up there so her black so her black square and her hashtagging black lives matter at the same time could really amplify and i'm using air quotes because you can't see me really amplify the the whole movement 
it, it just ay, ay, ay. yeah it was it was a lot like for it was a lot for a lot of us you know to yeah. like I had to do so much work on a day that was supposed to be about the black community yeah. of going to people's pages and asking them to delete their square and repost it without mm -hmm. using the hashtag black lives matter because on that day what happened is everyone hashtag black lives matter and it pushed suppressed all of the education that people had provi been providing for all like the whole of weekend the all of the content all of it gone just black squares and I just I don't I just can't even sometimes you know <laughs> it's people it's just, you know man. but this so since um we're three weeks away from that muting yes yep. um how have sales been now so um not really that surprising um sales did pick back up um the second and third week of June um but overall my month my monthly sales are down 25 percent um and it's because I lost that week really um so it's hard to say like if that is you know there's just so many factors um people are going back to work, um, coming out of quarantine, coming out of, you know, going into stage four um, in their local areas. It's harder right now, I find, to get a hold of product. So a lot of the things that I have out of stock, I'm having trouble replenishing due to just demand and production being halted for 12 weeks. Um, so there's just a lot of like confounding variables that have impacted sales. But I, I am hopeful that things will continue to pick back up um, through the rest of the summer. Uh, summer months are the worst for retail typically anyway. So um, hopefully that'll give me time to prepare for the holidays. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how our industry kind of recovers from all of this moving forward. Well, I don't think that either of them are going to go away anytime soon. Right. So, like, I feel like we're going to have another spike in COVID. Completely. And, completely, <laughs> and then the, completely. And then I feel like the um, protests are going to continue until more change is made. Um, totally. And... People are like, you know, we we feel for for small shops and most of the small business owners are with us on this revolution though, you know. Even yeah, big ones absolutely. Yeah. are with us on it. And so that is so I feel like even though sales are might suffer, I feel like you will recover in the long run. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of my my hope. Um, is that eventually will recover it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um especially now that i you know have a brick and mortar space um my overhead is much larger it is more scary i have more on the line than i did for the first few years but i'm hopeful i that that we can hang on and keep bringing joy to those lives and on that piece 
to families and, and kiddos, especially going through this quarantine. I received so many emails um, through the pandemic from customers, returning customers and new customers who were so grateful for um, everything that they had purchased from the shop because um, it kept their kiddos happy, it kept them distracted and engaged and learning and busy. And and when you know parents were worried about how they were gonna pay their mortgage or how they were gonna pay their rent because they couldn't go to work and the stimulus payments hadn't come in yet and employment was so backlogged, they didn't have to worry about their kids, you know, because their kids were kept busy with the toys from their shop. And so that, you know, that's the whole point. It's the whole reason we keep moving forward. So you said that you do consulting for women of color. So I do. I'm do a little bit of consulting for us right now. Oh boy. All right. Um, so what is probably the biggest hurdle that you've seen women of color come up against when yeah. starting a business? Um, I would say capital is probably the number one issue. Um, Statistically, women of color are paid significantly less than their white female counterparts. It's 21%. Um, thank you. Um, and not only that, but women in general are paid less than their male counterparts. Um, and is that like 35% or something? I can't remember like, off the top of my head. I think it's 31%. For 31%. For men yeah. versus women. But black women right. to then, white men is 39%. Exactly. <laughs> so I would say that's the biggest hurdle that I've seen come, come to me from my, my clients is, you know, they're, they have this amazing idea, this amazing concept. Um, they have a plan, but they don't even have money to file their LLC. And or they, they want to work with me so that we can get the ball rolling and they can't afford to pay me the consulting fee because their day job, they're making, I don't know, $14 an hour. If they have a day job, they may be a stay-at-home mom and have multiple kids they're home with and they don't have a second source of income, which is why they want to create this free business, right? So I would say that's probably the biggest hurdle I see come to me um, is capital and funding. And how do you overcome that? It's really tough. Um, I always, always recommend like keeping a clear vision, knowing what you want, staying on a direct path towards that. And if it's getting a second job, and putting that entire job's income or, you know, waiting tables now that it's COVID, it's hard to do that. But um, finding that side hustle, whatever it looks like, and having that go directly to meeting whatever goal or hurdle is put in front of you. If it's you're wanting to start a small business because you want to do graphic design. And what's standing in front of you um, is that you just don't have, you know, $500 to get started, then how do we get you that $500? So it's like breaking down the steps, finding a practical and possible path to get there, 
um, because it really is different for, for all women of color. I mean, colorism amongst women of color is such a big issue. And so what may, what it may look like for me as a white passing Latina, it's going to look completely different from a refugee who just arrived here from, you know, Ghana, it's going to look completely different. And so it's just maintaining that clear path. How do we get you there? The safest, best, fastest way possible. So I am really happy with how my clients have been doing. Um, they've all like, they're on their way, they're on their path and things are all going well. So it's really rewarding to see that happen. Cause I think really everyone has it inside of them. We just don't always have access to what we need to make that happen. Yeah. And yeah. I think access is the biggest problem, right? Cause like oh, if, you, completely. if you're not able to, um, like access the bank, for instance, right? right. Because the bank isn't going to give you money. It isn't going to give you a loan, yep. even though if I was white or white passing, I might be able to go in with the same business plan and be able mm -hmm. to secure a loan totally. um, and raise some capital to at least file for LLC or, yep. you know, pay for a course if I need one for, totally. um, for graphic design or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and what is the biggest piece of advice that you would give a woman of color in particular starting a business? I would say follow your gut. Always, always follow your gut. Um, it, I, I find for myself, I'm a very like intuitive person. Like I, am, I feel energy like very sensitively. I like suffer from like emotional contagion. Like if someone is really upset about something, I will take that and absorb that energy. And so following your instincts, following your gut, listening with your ears and your body to the energy of your ancestors, really truly tuning in because I think deep down at a subconscious level, we all know what we should be doing. We all know what's right. Um, and so I would say that's my biggest piece of advice. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. Yeah, so you heard Cindy talk about the ancestors, right? We talked about that a lot in the last podcast too. Um, it's going to oh, be a recurring you? theme. Yeah, it's going to be oh, a recurring yeah. theme because everyone is Gosh. feeling it, you know? And yeah. I, I mean, we sometimes joke about the ancestors, but like, it's for real, right? If it's you, for real. If you they are with us. They are listen, with us always. Like always, Tana always. was so funny because she was like, you, we were talking about soul food. Um, oh, we went from photography yum. to soul food in the last one. Like, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> we did. Now and, I want cornbread. <laughs> right? But we were talking about how, like, when you're standing at the stove and you don't have, like, a recipe, like, you're just following your just gut. Just winging it. Yeah, yeah, just winging it. Yeah. And then you're like, how much, how much salt do I put in this? And the ancestors are just like, keep going. Keep going. That's enough. 
you know I love it <laughs> because it, it's true because we're because it's part totally. of all of their spirits are part of us right and yes. so they're um they're guiding us around yes. the world like I said earlier in this podcast they're showing us the truth right they're waking all of these people up to see yeah. nothing has changed and you guys have been asleep for 400 years so it's time to wake up and that you know I think that the pandemic had to happen in order for the revolution to happen right because totally. all these people couldn't have gotten out into to protest and riot we'll use air quotes for that because yeah you know um, that's a whole civil, other that's a civil, whole other thing yeah but civil disobedience isn't the same as rioting right um and I have t-shirts coming that say but riots don't work so <laughs> oh I want one yeah <laughs> um because you know those those protests and the civil disobedience that we've seen um while it's affected small businesses it's also affected change yeah for some police departments for people individually, right? So like I'm a yep. sociologist and I talk at macro level all the time. So like society as a whole, but um, we've seen some changes as in society as a whole, but we've, we've really seen individualized changes, people picking up books to read and yeah. really wanting to learn um, and focusing on working at a level that they understand which is the one the personal one-to-one -one level right so mm -hmm. dealing with the the racist tendencies that they have in their yeah. in themselves the white right. supremacy that lives in them before they're taking it to a much higher level um so i'm the opposite i like to work from the big level <laughs> and then it funnels down into people but not everyone is me you know and so it's all about meeting people where they are and understanding that we're, we're all starting from somewhere different. Totally. Um, yeah. So I always end our podcasts with We're done? That was questions. so fast. That was really fast. Oh, <laughs> with, well, it feels um, like we're just, it feels like we're just talking. Yes. As we would anyway. So. Right. It's flies. But I always end my podcast with the same two questions. Um, so the first one is what's something that you that you don't find weird that other people find weird oh oh man that's tricky I don't know why but the first thing you probably gonna laugh at me because you already know this about me but uh I don't I feel like some people maybe it's just my husband I don't know some people think that pickles or like pickled things are weird and, like, I love them. Like, I, I love all things pickled. Anything. But I think some people think that's weird. Well, I think don't that's like weird. It. So. <laughs> I love, I love them. I do. I literally eat anything pickled. Anything. I love it. Um, have you tried pickled onions? I love pickled onions. So that's, like, the only pickled thing that I'll eat. Do you know, like, pickled, like, have you tried pickled okra? No. I, okra is like weird to me oh well never mind then <laughs> like you think the, that's weird too <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and I have to be really careful about what goes into the pickling juice because I'm allergic to things that's a whole nother sure. story for another day 
Um, and then finally, what do you wish for the world? Oh man, so cliche, but I wish peace for the world. Well, what does that look like? Oh, I think it is on an individualized level. Um, we all carry traumas. Some of us carry traumas of our ancestors. Some of us carry our own like personal traumas that we've experienced on our own. And I think if those traumas were healed and we were individually each at peace, our world would be so vastly different. I would love for each human being on this planet to be fully at peace with themselves and their life so that we collectively could live in peace. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now though I'm like, well that's kind of ignorant, but it's it not, would be I don't think it, it's ignorant. It, it would be beautiful to see. I that. think it's a, I think it's okay to to wish for things that probably will never happen. I know, but it all starts with it. And I think that's the most important part of being a parent. Like you have a blank canvas that you're working with um, that will still be occupying the space most likely when you're no longer occupying it. Um, and who will then be responsible to do the same thing for others. So it's our job to be at peace for ourselves and find that peace for ourselves um, so that we can raise our children free of that trauma yeah because I mean trauma is real right so real it's so real yeah well I just want to say thank you again for coming on and talking to us about business thank you um, for having me I hope I hope you're like the best person to talk to about it so <laughs> oh gosh thanks I don't know about that so thanks so much Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Come back. We'll talk about I books will. next I time. Would love, I would love to come back. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll talk about books and like Perfect. give some book recommendations for people. Remember, your support costs nothing. Review the podcast, share it, comment and like on social media. These things help more than you know. You can find Power Through on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on Podbean's app. Thanks for listening.